0: Alright, let's get started. So we're going to cover habits and addictions. So we've talked about habits kind of off and on along the way. And we're going to uh, get a little bit deeper into habits, but we're going to do that mostly to get into a discussion of addictions. And so uh, as we look at habits and addictions, let's get an idea of their definitions. So um, just as a heads up, we're going to be looking at worry and depression starting next Sunday. six classes so um, we'll take three classes for one and three classes for the other and that'll finish us up all right hey Dale just when we had our meeting there was two different ways that we were probably going to go on that and the number one was going to be uh, depression remember we we said we might just spend we're going to spend most of our time on depression okay just sorry that I forgot they may tend to tend to overlap they do yeah
1: they do definitely
0: and we third the uh, third category is pride, and we talked about that last week. So, all right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to define some terms, and we're going to look at the two. Uh, we're going to focus on habits for a while. Look at the what happens when we transition from a habit to an addiction, and then go into addictions and so finish that up Wednesday night. So, bring your uh, packets with you on on Wednesday nights. <coughs> I'll have a few extras here if you miss them. But um, so, how does How do you think addictions apply to self-control? What's the connection? Well,
1: if you exercise self-control, you typically won't become addicted. Exactly.
0: And if you have an addiction, you typically have a lack of Mm self-control. Now, if you have an addiction, and it's because you have a lack of self-control, what's the one main tool you really need to fix and get out of that addiction? Self-control—it's kind of a catch-22. So, it's one of those problems where the reason you have it in the first place is the reason it's going to get worse.
1: But you have to know who's going to help you with that self-control, that's exactly right. and unfortunately, so many people do not avail themselves of that help.
0: Yes, and that's really the focus of what mm-hmm. we're talking about. So, <coughs> what is a habit? A habit is a learned pattern of behavior. And it's repeated so often that they're just typical of us. We, we just, we're kind of known for those things. Um, habits are based on our thinking, so it comes from our mind. Sometimes we do habits kind of subconsciously, but it's still coming from our thinking. It's coming from who we are. It's coming from our heart. Uh, habits can be good, and they can be bad. And they can be, so therefore, they can either be helpful or detrimental. <coughs> and they do have to do with our self-control. Addictions, on the other hand, can they be good? Not really. Not really. Not really. You can say I'm addicted to something good and, and usually, like, let's say you're addicted to to teaching others. And what that means is you don't go home and feed your family because you're too busy scheduling meetings with people. Is that a problem? Yep. Yeah, that's a problem. Right. you got to keep a balance. So.
1: Or you can be too pushy
0: with your teaching. Sure. You, I,
1: I have to work at that at Kibble. Uh-huh. I just want to tell everybody, but doesn't everybody want to listen? Yeah. So you have to have to pick your battles. Yep. And if you're compulsive, you can't keep from
0: yeah. telling people. You kind and of, kind of blurt it out, right? Sometimes uh, yeah. at the wrong moment.
1: Yeah. Hopefully. And sometimes <coughs> even wanting to tell people about God is, is not good yeah. if yeah. you're going to...
0: If going to Push
1: them in the other direction.
0: Away. So an addiction is a compulsive enslaving dependency on something res- resulting in detrimental patterns of thinking and behavior. Uh, substance addictions that come out of that are things like alcohol, tobacco, drugs, inhalants, things like that. Process addictions, which are different than substance, are more like gambling or eating or shopping, sex, things like that. Um, addictive behavior results in a corrupt way of life. You, you don't keep things balanced the way you should. Um, It causes us to have self control problems and uh, there is something called dual or poly addiction and that refers to having two or more uh, addictions at the same time. Now it is interesting and we are going to talk about that right now. Um, Addictions, if you have one, you probably have two. If you have two, you probably have three. Why?
1: If you're prone to that, you're probably going to pick up something else you're going to be doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Usually, if you have a like a self-control problem, uh, that's usually going to show itself in having more than one. There are also some things coming that have to do with the underlying conditions or reasons that also uh, shape that. And uh, so things like, uh, especially when you're doing things for a different reason, like they're making you feel better about something, um, underlying feelings, those can be a real problem. So, underlying causes, they make you susceptible to other addictions. So, generally, if you've got one, you probably know because you've probably got more than one. So, the difference between a common habit and an addiction. I'll just say off the top, I think an addiction is a habit that's gone bad that might be the best way to define it. It's a habit that's gone bad. You can tell the difference because the amount of time that it takes from our everyday life with an addiction is more than it should. Um, It has some power over our life. It has negative impacts on us. And so that's one way to identify it. An addiction typically puts itself on the throne because now you are kind of bowing to it. And it's (coughs) providing your source of direction. It's providing you is focusing your spiritual life on the addiction, it takes God, God's power away and gives it to the addiction and then it provides the, the impact to our lives instead of God and his okay. word providing the impact. That person that has an addiction is going to deny, deny, <coughs> deny. Yes. They're the last ones to know, but they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about some things you can do if you're the one to try to figure out, okay, maybe I do have a problem here. So... With anything like this, and this is kind of typical of the ten-step program and the twelve-step program and AA and all that, what's the first thing you have to do if you're going to get anywhere? You have to admit you have a problem, right? And if you can't see it, you're you're in trouble from the beginning because you can't fix it if you don't know you've got it. So <clears throat> we're going to use uh, look at a few ways of looking at uh, at this. So there are maybe five different kinds of of habits, five different categories. Uh, there are good habits, harmless habits, hard habits, hidden habits, and and hard habits. So let's look at good. <clears throat> What's the benefit of a good habit? Healthy,
1: for one thing. A good habit of eating healthy food, okay. not overeating. So those are uh,
0: having good habits uh, will make us uh, will will kind of smooth our life out. It'll make mm-hmm. things more predictable. Mm-hmm. When people see us and they know we have good habits, we typically are the kind of person that that has a very predictable lifestyle. We won't Our habits
1: I'm you We won't have to work so hard at them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's more natural. It's true, um, and I think when you don't have when things aren't habitual to you, you do have to work harder at it. You have mm-hmm. to think more. Now, can we get so habitual that things are very subconscious and we don't think anymore? Sure. yeah and that's not always bad but sometimes it is <clears throat> why would what would be a situation where you're not thinking about what you're doing uh, might be a problem
1: maybe your language okay I have a friend that tries to watch her language when she's around me and I appreciate that but once in a while she you know she's such an habit yeah. Uh, that she will sleep, but then she's beginning to catch it, and that's good. And that's, that's against a bad habit, right? Yeah, but it, when you get in the habit, it just it just comes out. Yeah. So now it, let's say we have out. a good
0: habit, and we um, and, and we're way too subconscious about it. I think prayer
1: falls into this category you could, because yes. you know you, you pray at times where it's expected. Mm-hmm. The family is sitting down for dinner, and you whip out a prayer, and it doesn't mean a lot to you. One of the things that I respect yeah. here will stand when he gets up to pray. Yeah. He takes a minute and he stops. <clears throat> and it gets everybody focused on what's coming. And then he leads into it in a very respectful way.
0: I like that. So you're not the problem is engagement, right? You're not really engaged when, when you're not thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You can go help people, and the people are certainly helped. But if you're if you're so disassociated from it that you're just doing it because you're doing it. it well, wrote. it's it's wrote. It doesn't give anybody glory. <clears throat> it's not you're not doing it for the set purpose of God, and so you can get yourself into a position where even good habits can be a problem if you're not if you don't at least put some brain power into it. So, harmless habits. Uh, these are habits that are common to many people, but they caught, and they usually don't hurt anybody. Sometimes they're innoculous and sometimes they're just irritants. <laughs> uh, you know the person that always cracks their knuckles and <clears throat> while you know you know that's probably not good for their knuckles, it's not anything that's gonna gonna cause any long <laughs> problem for you. But it's one of those things where okay, if you have situations in your life where things like that tend to control you. Um, maybe that can get out of hand too. So you, you kind of want to watch those things. Heart habits are um, habits that are in the heart that isn't right. So those, when the heart's not right, the wrong attitudes and emotions come out. And so when you're in the habit of doing things from a wrong heart, that's when, like you were talking about, where, okay, if you've got a problem with language, the more habitual you become with your language, the more problem you're going to have because it's just going to flow. You're not even going to think about it. But there are also attitudes like envy and jealousy, prejudice, pride, and gratefulness, and forgiveness. So those can be problems as well. Hidden habits. <clears throat> sometimes these are habits that you know not you recognize you have. Um, they, aren't, uh, habitual, they aren't regarded um, as being negative by you, um, but sometimes they are even good things that you do, like habitually helping other people, Apologizing too much, procrastinating too much, shopping too much, spending too much—they can be hidden to you, and that's what <coughs> kind of Dennis talked about earlier. If we don't know we're doing them, then we're going to have trouble controlling and/or fixing them. And then the last one is destructive habits, which is really where we're at with uh, when we hit to hit addictions. So uh, they create a damaging climate for everyone, including the person themselves. Um, they include things like verbal abuse, emotional abuse, drunkenness, ter- ter- divisiveness, vulgarity, violence. These are the kind of things that, when people are like this, that's kind of what we know them for. They're just violent. They they always talk back. Their, their mouth always gets the best of them. I mean, we, we know these people by what they do, and and in some ways we'll say, well, they just can't help themselves. They can. Well, they can. Yeah. They just choose not to. Now many times when you have those kind of problems, you don't even consider them a problem, which kind of fits back into this hidden habits, and you keep doing them. And until somebody convinces you it's a problem, you're going to keep doing it. So there are positive benefits of habits. Um, So habits can be beneficial. They can be be, uh, profitable. Uh, a habit that we can have that's good for us is when we assemble together every time the doors are open. That's a good habit to get into. In uh, Hebrews 10.25 it talks about those who habitually don't show up when the doors are open. And so that's a habit too, which would be an example of a bad habit. So habits can be good for us. They can, they can uh, put us in a, a mindset where we do a lot of good things and do a lot of the right things. Habits can be passed down from generation to generation. We saw Jehoshaphat followed the example of David, King David. And so those things, the examples that are set for us, when we repeat them, um, they can become habits that get flowed down. Habits can reflect our devotion to God <coughs> and God's character. So he took it says in 2nd Koranthi- Koranth- Chronicles that he took great pride in the ways of the Lord. So the fact that he showed that out by his actions and his conduct shows that he was um, reflecting his devotion in that. And even Jesus said he would often slip away to the wilderness to pray. Often slipping away says that that was habitual to him. It was something he did often. And he did that because of his devotion, not necessarily to hide from people. Um, I think this next one, uh, habits can increase consistency and uh, strengthen our character. That's kind of the main one we've been talking about. Um, It says in Job that the righteous will hold to his way and that that the person who has clean hands will grow grow stronger and stronger. Um, That's That consistency that we get by making things habitual, we talked at the very beginning of the class with the processes and the things that we were trying to to get all the way to the point of things becoming more habitual, that that would make us more predictable. Um, That would increase our consistency and that's really what we're striving for. So habits are actually a choice, even though sometimes they seem to be subliminal. They are choices that we make and we choose to do these. Now, how does a single choice get to become a habit? Yeah. Choosing it over. over and over and over. Yeah, it's the repetitiveness of it that causes it to be that way. And so um, <clears throat> they are a choice that we make. Um, And they are a reflection of our will. Because if if that was against our will, we might do it once, but we wouldn't keep doing it over and over. So you can really see a lot about a person by what things they make habitual in their lives. Um, You can be a positive witness to others because of just what we've been saying. Um, Your light will shine when they see you doing the right things. And if we do that to the right extent and the full extent, then we'll find ourselves in a better position with God much more pleasing to him so those are very good things and that's really when we talked about habits early in the class this is where we want to get to but if we're not careful they can get to the point of becoming an addiction so what are some negative aspects of uh, habits well they can be evil and they can be destructive if you have a bad habit that's going to drive you just as much as a good habit but in the wrong direction so in first Timothy there's an example there that the women who weren't working and they learned to be idle and they would go around from house to house and there would be gossips and busybodies talking about things that weren't proper. Well, that was a habit they were learning that was detrimental to not only them but the people that they were around and to the congregation. So that, uh, that was a problem. And then in Ephesians 2, um, it talks about the people who formerly walked according to the course of the world. Those were habits that were making them follow the course of the world. <coughs> so, um, we talked about habits being the result of choices, in this case, they are the result of bad choices, and so if our mechanism for making decisions is broken, and we make a lot of bad decisions, we can make a decision over and over, a bad one, and turn that into a habit. So, one of the ways to avoid that kind of a habit is to have a better handle on your decision-making processes. Um, Addictions can lead our hearts astray um, by causing us to follow after sensualities and, and things that we're not supposed to be doing. Um, addictions can hold people captive. I think that's probably a very good definition of, a, of, a, of an addiction. addiction. You're, you're captive to it. You can't get loose. You're a prisoner. <clears throat> and that holds you in darkness, which when you're in that scenario, sometimes it's hard to find a way out. You can be enslaved to it. It's got control of you. Um, in Second uh, Peter uh, 7, 2, verses 17 through 19, right at the end it sells it. It says, they themselves are slaves of corruption, for by what a man is overcome by this, he's enslaved. So, whatever overcomes you is your master. Well, who's the only thing that's supposed to be our master? God if we're allowing these other things to become our masters, then we're slaves of them, and, and we've got a problem. And that means they're our master. They hold mastery over us. And uh, since God is supposed to be our only master, and we're supposed to have the attitude that we're not going to let anything master over us. So when we see ourselves with habits that are starting to go bad, or we see ourselves with addictions, should that be a, a big red flag for us? It should because immediately we're allowing something else to take control of our lives. Well, we can't let that happen because we need to be in control of our lives. And
1: that's when maybe, well not maybe, we do need our Christian brothers and sisters. Yes. We need to, as, as James said, confess your sins yep. uh, and get people to pray for you if, if you're unable to even pray for yourself.
0: And and at the end of each of your packets I threw some stuff in that we're not going to cover. But there's a set of accountability questions there. And they're in case you got asked to be accountable for someone to help them. Or if you needed it, you could give those people those questions. And they'll ask you the hard questions or you'll ask them the hard questions to um, help them be accountable. So sometimes you can't be accountable on your own. You need someone else Mm -hmm. to be your conscience for Mm -hmm. you. That's what those questions are for. So I put those in there, um, so you'll have those. We're not going to cover them, but I think thought they were very would be useful. Um, so um, there is hope. We can overcome through Christ, and that's kind of what Alma said at the beginning. Was if if we we of ourselves can't get out of these messes, but with God's help we can get out of these messes. Um, and so what what does God give us to get out of these messes? Several things. Gives us His Word. Mm-hmm he promises us his help mm-hmm. and he gives us his people mm-hmm. and so we have all those resources available to us to help us get out of these situations
1: and so, we've got we've already talked about pride but we've got to be sure that our pride doesn't get in the way of asking for help if we yeah. need it and,
0: and sometimes
1: that happens
0: it does and that's a that's a big problem because mm-hmm. we usually if we have that problem we're not going to get out of the mm-hmm. mess so um, it's a catch-22 that buries us deeper and deeper. So how are we going to identify these harmful habits, maybe even say addictions, how are we going to find them? Well, there's a list of questions here we can ask ourselves. <coughs> and these are questions that if we, if we answer yes to them, we might need to stop a little bit and think about them. So, so identifying harmful habits, are my thoughts consumed with it? Well, that's a clue. If you constantly are thinking about something over and over, you might have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, is my time schedule around it? Could my health be harmed? Does my guilt increase because of it? Are my finances affected? Do I get defensive when someone asks about it? And all sorts of questions. Is my spiritual growth hindered? Um, have I been asked by somebody to stop it? Would I discourage my children from doing it? Um, do I hide it? Would others avoid doing it? Does it diminish my witness for Christ? So. Those are all questions, if you go down through those and you're honest with yourself, you should be able to see areas where you might be having some trouble in some areas, and these things might be able to help you figure out why and uh, determine if you've got a problem uh, with that. So, in uh, Psalms 139 verses 23 and 24, it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. So we want God to search our hearts, but we also need to search our own hearts and we can ask others to help us with that, with some of these questions. We could even give these questions to someone else and have them ask us. So what's, the, what's the most important thing with these questions when you ask yourself them? Honesty. Honesty. Yeah, if we if aren't honest with ourselves and we just try to make it look better than it is, we're, we're just continuing that problem and not being able to see anymore. All right, so those are some questions that we can use to help us identify. So how do we develop and demonstrate good habits? And these are, these are six areas that, are, that are, uh, would be useful to us. So um, in the moral sensitivity area, so this is the area where we need to be knowledgeable. So studying the scriptures, consider what it means to have no other gods, um, measure our behavior against the scriptures. This is having having a conscience properly trained. Just kind of the way we described it earlier in the class. Accountability. Be open to the truth. Say with appreciation that when someone does uh, bring it up to you, that you're willing to thank them for bringing it up to you. Uh, Think about how the negative attitudes impact your life and the lives of others. Confess. Confession to God. Talking with a friend who can help you. These are all ways that we can increase our accountability. So gratefulness. Why would gratefulness be important for uh, good habits? Well, <clears throat> we, might, uh, we might not be uh, willing to give God the credit that he needs for all the gifts that he's given to us. We might not realize how much God has answered our prayers. We need to be able to express gratitude to the people that helped us. Um, and thank God for what He has done for us and for His Word. So, there are a lot of things that if we're grateful about what others are doing for us, it will help us to to, um,
1: demonstrate that. That scripture says, give thanks in all things. It's it's almost been a hard one for me, (laughs) and I'm sure it is for other people. I mean, you know, that's not a, if you want to or maybe sell, that's, you do
0: (laughs) it. It's a great exercise to keep your frame of mind positive and correct. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: it also helps you to really stop and think about what your habits are.
0: Yes, <laughs> you, it does. You have
1: to do some introspection there. Uh-huh. And if you're, you know, as you were saying, being honest, right, it's going to force you to hopefully really look at what are your good habits and what are your bad habits. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, forgiveness is another area where um, we can use this to help us to, uh create better habits, uh, knowing that forgiving others is required. <coughs> if you want to be forgiven, that's going to create... Um, a a reciprocal relationship where we know that it's important to us and our well-being to make sure that others uh, are forgiven. Um, Sometimes we're so angry that we think a person justifiably should be shunned, forgive them anyway. Um, Ken used to say that um, if you put acid into a vessel, that's usually the vessel that gets harmed more than what it's being put on. And so the vessel is us. And so when we're angry and and upset at people, it can harm us way more than them. (coughs) Just remind yourself how many times God has forgiven you. And then realize that forgiveness happens over and over and over. And that just because you've done it once doesn't mean that uh, you've set the the bar and you're you're done with it. Selflessness is probably one of the most important. um, Because that sets a high standard for yourself, but it allows others to have their standards Um, sometimes you need to ask God to expose your selfishness because sometimes selfish people usually don't even know they're being selfish because it's all about them and actually when things when they're feeling best about themselves is when they're getting their selfishness taken care of and so um, it's it's a bad problem that, that helps it actually keeps itself going so avoid talking about yourself avoid bragging about things, encourage others to talk, listen, uh, praise others for the characteristics and qualities that they have, resist the urge to criticize them. Sometimes um, we give advice when it wasn't (laughs) asked for. Um, Sometimes that's appropriate, sometimes it's not. Usually you can tell by the reaction and you need to be responsive to that reaction if they immediately start getting their resistance up, then you might need to back off a little bit. And then uh, it's always a good exercise to perform unsolicited acts of kindness. We talked about this before, but if you go over to somebody, let's say we go over to help one of the widows and take care of uh, some things they need to have done in their house, who's really benefited by that? Usually the people that do the work are more benefited than the person who got the work. And so unsolicited acts of kindness are more helpful to us than they are other people. And then spending time with God, communing with Him, spending your time alone with God every day, removing distractions, uh, putting your focus on Him, and then have a quiet spirit in that. I think a lot of times having a quiet spirit is the answer to a lot of things. Because that means you're content, it means that you're satisfied, it means that things are well with you. And so we need to have a quiet spirit but in the, in the way uh, of God's will. So these kind of things kind of say that we need to know God's will. We need to submit to his will. We need to have better relationships with God. We need to have better relationships with our fellow man. And we need to be able to control ourself. We need to be able to deny ourselves. We need to have um, <clears throat> all the, the self-denial, self-controls, self-consciousness, self-examinations, all the things that we talked about are really important in this area. Well how do we get from the point of and I threw this one in because I think this is maybe one of the more important contentment when we're not content with things, when we're when things are up broiling within us, nothing good happens. And so Paul says learn to be content with everything. And when you're that way, then you can be very useful to, to yourself and others. So let's talk about transitioning from habits to addictions. Well, These are some attitudes that we have that kind of go in order. So you as a person may have inclinations. And an inclination would be, I tend to be like this. I'm inclined to (coughs) do these kinds of things. Um, Impulses, they're very uh, quick. They're usually not thought out very well. They're reactions usually. Uh, They're spontaneous. And they cause us to act impetuously. With that kind of a... Reaction, usually our decision-making doesn't get kicked in until later when we finally realize what a mess we've made. Habits then are, are where we're actually controlling these things and we have a pattern established. So now we get to obsession. An obsession is a persistent, disturbing preoccupation with an unreasonable idea. Why do we do these things? It, it, yeah, it doesn't seem so unreasonable to us, does it? It usually seems like the right thing to do. And so, um, and it gets intense and we're in the heat of the battle, and we don't look up. Compulsion is similar to that. It's just an irresistible, irrational impulse. So instead of it being kind of an inclination, this is an impulse. And it uh, causes us to act against our will. And then we finally get to addiction, which is our compulsive overpowering dependence on an object or an action. Or healing, resulting in major life problems. So, we tend to go in these orders till we're finally down here at the addiction, where, we're now we're in so deep we have a hard time getting out. Um, <coughs> so, what are the signs that habits have become addictions? So, these are another set of questions that we can ask ourselves. How do how do we know that habits became addictions? Have I stopped it only to start it again? Uh, <coughs> Am I abnormally preoccupied? Do I do it even though it's got negative consequences? Do I, am I doing it more and more over time to get the same experience before? Does it change my mood or comfort me? Do I do it even though it's harmful? Do I hide it from others? Do I neglect relationships? Uh, have I considered getting help? Have I experienced problems at work or at church or anywhere else because of it? These are all red flags for um, having problems. Uh, what is a an addictive personality? It's not the one that we feel compelled to, to go toward. It's if we have an addictive personality, we generally have a propensity to uh, get addicted to things. So, some uh, counselors would say that you might have a genetic or, or psychological influence that makes you uh, vulnerable to these things. Uh, you might just have a Problem with self-control, where you're susceptible to all these things, uh, but you're you generally have an inability or a reluctance to exercise self-control. Um, so this again is if if you have these things and you can't identify them, then you can't fix them. All right. So let's look at the first part of addiction. So we look at habits. We look at kind of transitioning from a habit over to an addiction, and now we're going to look at addiction. So. Addictions actually start with habits, and so, um, this is a per- pretty good description of, a, of a addiction. They occur with regularity, they happen without thinking, they outwardly reflect inner morals and character, they grow stronger and more ingrained with repetition, they persist and become hard to change over time, they're purposeful and provide a degree of pleasure. Usually that satisfying part of it is what keeps us going, that's usually and there's usually a reason why we're doing these things. And the problem is many times we don't know what that reason is. So let's say we overeat. Why do we eat in the first place?
1: Well, it should be for the fuel.
0: It's biological, right? right. It should be purely a biological, right. you know, <clears throat> energy in, energy out. Let's uh-huh. Let's balance this out and make it all work. Is that why we eat? Well, it should be. Is that how we eat? Is that where we eat? Is that what we eat? no is there a relationship probably for most of us it's just a very light relationship right we don't think about that when we're eating well i just need you know 128 calories or or 1500 calories and you know you count them out and you eat them and you're done what's what do we do a lot of times when we eat eat till we're satisfied yeah and that's that's satisfying is hard to measure because usually that means our stomach hurts so bad we had to stop A lot of times it's taste, right? We taste things, and we like the taste, so we eat more and more and more and more. Uh, Some other reasons, and my sisters like this, we eat because we're depressed. Well, why are we depressed? Because we're overweight. Well, why are we eating then? Because now we're just making it worse. A lot of people eat for social reasons. You know, we get together, we eat. Well, that's such a fun activity that now I eat by myself like that well we we don't always do things because of the reason that they're to be done we do them for the sense of pleasure that we get from them there's some other reason for it and usually when we have a something going out of control it's not the thing itself that's the problem it's something else something has caused us to use this as a way of kind of, of kind of substituting uh, another kind of pleasure for the pleasure we're missing in that area. So, um, so what control, uh, categorizes people that are controlled by addictions? Well, you can see they have multiple bad habits. Uh, they usually will have multiple addictions. They don't obey the law. They don't obey those in authority. Um, they think their addictions resolve their problems and give them peace. They don't keep their bodies pure or treat them with respect, and they don't practice self-denial, self-discipline, self-control. When you're speaking to an addict, what can you be pretty sure they're not going to do? They're not going to listen, and they're not going to understand, and they're going to pretty much assume you don't understand, because they feel like whatever they're doing is solving their problem. We know better, we know it's not, but they don't but
1: sometimes they try to turn it back on you they will instead of accepting the
0: so I call that nonlinear behavior yeah. there's there's no relationship between what you're trying to do and what's coming mm-hmm. back at you mm-hmm. and so they're not going to listen mm-hmm. and in fact sometimes it, they're actually dangerous because you're threatening mm-hmm. um, this, uh, this, uh, this satisfaction they're getting and once you threaten that when that's the only thing that's giving them any peace in this world they might come at you mm-hmm. and so they don't think clearly they're not they're not in control of themselves and uh, so addicts can be very difficult to deal with and sometimes you have to be in fact even careful that you don't set them off or or do something that you might be in danger Um, we actually got halfway through so we're we're poised to do the second half for Wednesday night so bring back your packets with you on Wednesday we'll finish up with the uh, but this whole section on addiction.